Welcome to the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men, a place where men can find encouragement and strength to remain standing when the battles of life are closing in all around. A place where men will hear honest truth that will equip them and arm them to keep fighting in faith against the enemy's daily opposition. Gentlemen, you and I have been enlisted by God in the spiritual war as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, and the enemy wants to steal your joy and rob you of your peace. He wants to divide and destroy your marriages and your families. He wants to distract you from fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. And with his accusations and lies, he will tempt you to give in to fear, doubt, shame, and condemnation. But today, gentlemen, we refuse to allow him to take the win. And today we will stand in the victory that the Lord has won for us. Gentlemen, my brothers in Christ, welcome to the front line. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back to the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men. And yes, I said good morning. It is a Wednesday morning and I do have to go to work this morning. I have to leave in about an hour and a half from the time I'm starting this recording. But in light of as many of you, if you are a faithful listener, you know kind of my story lately of this transition that my wife and I are in, my family are in. Um, And in light of this transition, starting a new job, preparing to take over as lead pastor at uh, my church, um, just everything right now. There's a lot happening in this guy's life. I've explained it all. I'm not going to get into all the details again. Uh, But in light of that, Um, I've had to set aside Fridays, which have been in the past, you know, while now. Fridays have been my podcast recording day um, because I've had it uh, on my previous job. I had Fridays fully off at my current job. I work uh, three hours on Friday morning. And so it's a little bit of a chunk out of my day. And now with me having to put a lot of my time and energy Um, and focus into this transition at the church. Um, It is important that I have Fridays as after I'm done my job in the morning, I have Fridays to just focus on the ministry at the church. And um, because a lot of my time and and attention and and focus is, is needed there right now. It just is what it is. And so I've decided, and by God's grace, I'm gonna do it weekly um we'll just take it a week at a time wednesday mornings will be my podcast recording days and so here we are wednesday morning first time ever recording on a wednesday morning but i appreciate you joining me today and um man we are having we are having some dry it's been beautiful weather the last like two weeks straight we've had like no rain at all and there are like last i heard there was like 47 forest fires in Ontario and there's some on the west coast and some on the east coast there's forest fires happening currently um kind of all throughout Canada and it's it's pretty wild yesterday um there's no fires you know close by in my area um at least that I'm aware of but they're all in Ontario and Ontario is a huge province uh but yesterday there was a um, an air advisory um and you could you could go out and see this haze and you could even smell the smoke and and it was just it's just crazy right now there's fires everywhere and so 
you know, as the old gospel song says, we need the rain, Lord, send down the rain, Lord, send down the ladder rain. <laughs> we, we, we could use some rain right now. And I think on Thursday we might get a little bit of rain, but it's looking pretty dry still for the next little while. So that's pretty crazy right now. And um, yeah, hope, hopefully the, you know, the fire department and the people who are working on, you know, trying to get these forest fires under control, you know, hopefully they can have some success because, man, when forests set on fire, man, they just keep spreading. And uh, yeah, that's what fire does. It spreads. So anyways, that's what's happening in my area. Um, but anyways, we are going to jump into today's topic, gentlemen. Yeah, sir. Everything's in place and ready to go. Mm hmm. All right, then. Let's go. Today, we are talking about when a Christian man, when a man is afraid of his future. We talked a few weeks back about when a man is haunted by his past. And then we talked about when a man is unsatisfied with his present. Well, today, we're talking about when a man is afraid of his future. Now, there's one thing that we all have in common. Actually, there's three things. We all have a past. We all have a present. That would be right now in your life. And we all have a future. Now, our future is, we don't know how long our future is going to be. Our future might be, you know, the next few hours. That's all we have of our future. And then our, and then, and then it's over, right? We, our future might be, we might have 50 years down the road. We might have 10 years down the road. We we might have 10 days. We don't know how long and how how long our future is going to be because we don't know tomorrow's not even promised to us, right? And so fear of our future is a very real thing because it's 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 uncertain, right? Now, one thing one of the thing of um well, sorry, one of the things that people fear the most about our future is is our death and uh we are we're all going to die it's it's inevitable but we we can question how i wonder how i'm going to die you know how, what's going to take me out will it be during the night sleeping uh will it be you know i, I don't a, a car accident a, a, a sickness how am i going to die and, and when is it going to happen? When's the day? When's my final day that I'll take my last breath on earth? And people can be afraid of those thoughts. What happens after death? A lot of people question uh, life after death. They question eternity. Um, obviously, our Christian, excuse me, our Christian perspective is, you know, as followers of Jesus, when we die, we immediately go go to be our spirits our spirits go to be with the lord in heaven right to be absent from our body is to be present with the lord the bible teaches that and so you know but people are afraid of uh, what happens when i die i don't know will i go to heaven will i go to hell will i just settle in the in the earth and become dust will i you know reincarnate as a bumblebee as a as a leopard in the jungle like all these all these thoughts of what happens after i die and it can spur on a lot of fear uh in in men uh but not listen but not for christians christians do not have to be afraid of death and the reason why is well i just said it because we have hope 
in death. We have hope in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the reason why we as Christian men are not afraid to die. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 11, uh, 25 to 26. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Hear what Jesus said? Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. So you will live after you die. The Bible, Jesus said so. It's called eternal eternity, eternity in heaven, right? We will live even after we die. And he goes on to say, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this? And he was questioning Martha at this time. And he, and he says, even after we die, we will live. And so Jesus is the hope that we have to cause us to have peace about even death. Right. Yeah. Obviously, it's it's typically that we don't want to leave people that we love behind. Right. We enjoy relationships. We enjoy certain things in our lives. And then, of course, the people that we leave behind, they miss us. You, you know, some people might not miss me. <laughs> I'm sure there's people that won't miss me, but there's a few people that'll miss me, you know, when my time comes and I die. But but I'm not going to miss anybody. I'm going to live my start my life in in heaven with the Lord. Right. That's the reality of Christian men that we have, we don't have to fear death because of the hope we have in Jesus. Of course, John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Jesus will not perish but have everlasting life. There it is. Paul the Apostle wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.8, We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So when we die, we are immediately in heaven with, with the Lord. Amen? So, so that's the reality. So, but, but listen, death is a part of your future, and death is a part of my future. It's going to happen. There's going to be a day where you die, right? Unless, you know, again, from our, of our, of our Christian perspective, what the Bible teaches of what's called the rapture, you know, the the... That we're going to be taken up to meet the Lord. It's, it talks about this in in First Thessalonians chapter four. Uh, we're going to be, I think it's First Thessalonians, we're we're going to be taken up, caught up to to meet the Lord in the air. Right, the rapture. He's going to take his people home to to, to be with him. But if we don't experience that in our lifetime, we will die because of some for some reason or the other. Our bodies only last, you know, a little while. Uh, but we don't have to be afraid of dying because we have that hope as we just learned about in scripture that is found in Jesus. So our future eternity after death, it's secure. We, we've just learned that our death, our, our life after death is secure. But what makes Christians afraid of their future in this world, in this lifetime? And, and 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 there's it's wrapped up in one thing. What makes me afraid of my future here on this planet, in this lifetime, in this physical body? What makes me afraid of my future? What can make you afraid of your future in this world is simply the unknown. We are afraid of the unknown. I don't know what will happen if I do this. You know, I I, I don't know if if you know, if I try this out, 
what the outcome's going to be. I don't know what's going to happen if I enter into this relationship. I'm afraid because I just don't know. We, You see, we want to have control over our life. Ultimately, isn't that not true? Come on, let's be real here. I, I want to have control. I want to be able to control what happens in my life. I want to be able to control what happens in my days. I want to call the shots. I, I want to hold on to everything so tightly so that nothing else can have any control. And even sometimes we can be tempted to say, God, I've got this. I, I, I'm too afraid even to allow you to have the control, Lord. And so I'm going to hold on tightly. I'm going to call the shots in my life because I have to control everything because I'm afraid. But if I control everything, then what do I have to be afraid about, right? That's the mentality we can easily have. We want to avoid bad things from happening to us. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that possible? Can you avoid, can you live your life and and avoid bad things from happening? No, the answer is no, of course not. Bad things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. It's part of it. I mean, Jesus said in John 16 that in this life you will have trouble. And so we, but we want to, we want to do what we can to try to make bad things not happen to us. You know, it's interesting, even, you know, people are living in such fear that even, you know, I don't know, a year, even possibly two years now after, in my opinion, COVID-19 is a thing of the past now. I don't even, I don't even think about it or consider it anymore at all, but you will still see, and I'm sure you in your area, wherever you live, uh, you still see people driving alone in their convertible car, uh, with a mask on because they are afraid of death. They are afraid to die. They are afraid to get this virus, COVID-19, this virus, and they're afraid that it's going to kill them because they don't know what to expect after they die. They are afraid to lose their life. People are living in fear and they try to avoid bad things from happening. And so they wear a mask, even when they're alone inside a convertible sports car flying down the road at you know 60 miles an hour. 90 kilometers if you're Canadian. But my my point is, is that people are, they're trying to, they're afraid. So they try to just, you know, bubble wrap themselves to, to nothing bad's going to happen to me. No sickness is going to come near me. Come on, get over yourself. You're still going to get sick with the mask or without a mask. Come on. It's seriously, that's just a, as an example. People are, are literally in bondage to fear. And I would just say that that COVID-19, I'm not, I'm not belittling it. I know that lives were lost. I know my grandmother, she passed away from COVID-19 and and I, it, it breaks my heart. People have lost their lives from that particular disease, but people have lost their lives from other diseases, other illnesses, other circumstances, right? The reality is, is that COVID-19 has a, a spirit of fear has gripped the hearts and lives of millions and millions, if not billions of people worldwide who are living in a spirit of fear now. Now, from now on, for the rest of their life, they will be having a mask on their face every time they go out. You see it. Because I believe it's a spirit of fear. They are afraid. We want to know how everything in our future is going to work out, right? You know, the, the expression, we want to have all of our ducks in a row. We need to know everything. People are afraid of the unknown, and we can be afraid also of the own unknown. And we are all susceptible to feeling this way. Not one of us. It doesn't matter what your faith is. It doesn't matter, you know, anything about you, what job you do, 
you know, your financial status, how many followers you have on social media, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're a father, whether you're, you know, not a not a dad. Like it doesn't matter your who you are or what kind of life you have. We all have things that will cause us to be afraid of the unknown. This is a reality for all of us. Now, some fears, you know, are more normal. You know, we all have concerns. We all have questions and and those things aren't, you know, initially bad. Those are more normal feelings, right? To to have concerns of something or to be, you know, if, if a tornado's coming, you know, towards your house, you're going to sense some fear. Of, of course, there's some natural fears that are normal, but then there, like I touched on, there's a spirit of fear. It's a demonic, evil spirit of fear. Okay, we live in a spiritual world. Yes, there are, the Bible teaches that there are things that we see and there are things that we don't see. There's the unseen realm and that is also called the spiritual world, right? There is, there's God that we don't see him. There are God's angels. We don't, you know, always see them and, and sometimes they might manifest, you know, as, as people, um, you know, and, and that's a reality and very biblical as well, but we may not even know that they're an angel, right? But there's angels in the spiritual world. There's God in the spiritual world. We don't see them there. And then of course there's Satan. He's a spiritual being. There's demons. There's spiritual beings. We don't see them. And there's warfare happening in the spiritual realm. Right now, all we see are humans and cars and buildings and trees and rivers and, and what we see at the job. And that's just, we see what we see naturally. But listen, gentlemen, there is a spiritual realm and there's a spiritual war happening between angels and demons, between God and Satan right now. And so there is such a thing as a spirit of fear, right? There's this Holy Spirit of God, and there's the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You can read that in Galatians chapter 5. But then there's also, there's demonic spirits, spirits of fear, spirits of, you know, lust, spirits of of intimidation, spirits of, you know, whatever. There's, there's evil spirits who have assignments from Satan in the spiritual world, and there's a spirit of fear. But listen to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And so people who are living their lives in bondage right now, they're afraid, they're living in fear. That is a spiritual matter. And they need to find peace and freedom in Jesus Christ. Right there, it's beyond just naturally, you know, I'm concerned of the the weather approaching us. I'm concerned of, you know, I, you know, you might have a sickness and there's natural concerns, natural fears. That's not sinful. That's normal. There's normal things. But when it's a, a, a fear that's gripped your life and you wake up consumed by fear, you go to bed at night consumed by fear, it is a spiritual fear that has gripped you and that is not from God. God gives his people power, love, and a sound mind or controlled mind. Amen. And it's only in Jesus. Demons will try to make you afraid of the unknown in your future. They're, they'll make you, they'll try to make you afraid of what's to come. They'll make you afraid. They'll, 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 demons want to make you afraid of living your life. And that's not God's will. He comes to give us life, you know, 
abundantly, the Bible says, joy and peace. Again, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the Bible to see what God says about our future. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable, excuse me, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Answer that question, gentlemen. Can all of your worries, all of the things that you're concerned about, can all of your fears, all of your worries add one single moment to your life? Of course not. Nothing can, right? God gives life. God takes away life. God knows the very moment that your life's going to be taken. So nothing you can do can be added, can can add time to your life, especially worries. If anything, it's going to make things worse. That's his point. So why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares uh, so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Hear that? Jesus said these things, these worries, they dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. But notice that again in verse 32, he says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, people that don't know God, people that are living just for themselves. They don't, they've rejected God. They've suppressed the truth of God. They've rejected Jesus Christ. These things, these fears dominate those people. They, they, they live by these fears. They're gripped by them. How am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to have food for my family? You know, and, and, and the people are living in fear. Their, their thoughts are dominated by worry and fear. But God knows everything that you need. And so as children of God, as men who are following Jesus, we don't have to have these fears because God, your father, knows everything that you need. And remember that our our faith, our Christian faith is the only, quote, religion that has God as our father. Okay, he's not just God. He is our father. And Jesus actually, he taught us to pray when the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray. He said he taught us to pray our father. And so we are we are taught to pray to our father. Gentlemen, he's your dad, right? Like, I don't want my my son or my daughter coming to me and saying, you know, oh, you know, man of the house. Hey, man of the house. Hey, head of the family. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear dad. Hey, dad. Hey, daddy from my daughter. I even still love when she calls me daddy, right? As, as a 15-year-old. But that's that's who our father God is. That's who God is and your father Your dad, your heavenly father knows what you need. 
And so you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to live in fear of the unknown, gentlemen, because your father knows what you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the things of your future. Because listen, the fear of tomorrow will stop you from living today. Let me say that again. The fear of your tomorrow will stop you from living your life today. Today's all you have. So live your life today. And I know that's that's harder to do sometimes. Some days you just like, God, you feel overwhelmed by things to do and responsibilities of your life and pressures and struggles, right? I get it. And some days uh, you just wish tomorrow could come, right? You just, uh, but, but I encourage you, today's all you have. Tomorrow might not come. So, so live for today. The fear of tomorrow will stop you from living fully today, will stop you from doing what God has called you to do today. And God has things today for you to do, gentlemen. And so don't allow the fears of the unknown, the fears of your tomorrows to stop you from truly living your life today. Amen? So what do we do with the fear of tomorrow, the fear of the unknown? What do we do with these concerns? Well, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, 7 and 9, it says, give all of your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Right? I just mentioned there about how your father knows what you need. God cares about you. Do you know that God's not sitting there watching you saying, okay, come on, how, how's your church attendance? How's your Bible memorization coming along? You know, how many hours this week have you prayed to me? You know, on your knees, hands folded. You know, how many people, you know, come on, how many people have you told about me? All, all of these things are, on one level are important. Of course, we know that. But don't you know your father's watching you and, and, he, and he's just caring for you? He delights in you? As, as a son of God, that's, that's who you are. That's your identity. You've been adopted into the, into the family of God as a, as a son of God. Amen? Excuse me for one moment, gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. I apologize. I'll keep that in there for you. <laughs> I don't edit these podcasts. You get what you get. But God cares about you. So give all your worries and your cares to God because he cares about you. He cares about you. He loves you. And then verse 8 says, But then stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Gentlemen, be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world are going through the same kind of sufferings that you are. Amen. So this is how you handle fear of the unknown. You give all of your fears and worries to God because he cares for you. But then notice it says, and then you need to stay alert and watch out. You need to stand firm against the devil. Stand firm in your faith against the devil. Why? Because listen to me, as soon as you give all of your worries to God, Satan is going to come in almost immediately and try to make you afraid again. Try to bring another fear. Okay, you gave that to God. Here's another one. Okay, you prayed about that. Well, here's something else to pray about, right? That's exactly how it works. You need to give your fears to God and then immediately be on guard, gentlemen. 
I would suggest, I would submit to you today that you need to live your life on guard, not in fear, but on guard. Every day, every moment, gentlemen, the enemy wants to trip you up. He wants to trip you up. He wants to make you afraid. He wants to get you off course. He wants to lead you astray from following Jesus Christ, and especially in a spirit of fear. Oh, what's going to happen? You don't know what's going to happen. You know, how long are you going to live? When are you going to die? Is somebody going to get sick? How are you going to pay the bills? You know, what kind of job are you going to work at? What kind of schooling are you going to do? And on and on, all these fears. No, I've given all of that to God. And you just stand firm in your faith. And you tell him, say, no, Satan, I've already cast that care upon the Lord because he cares for me. And then you need to be on guard and stand firm against him in your faith. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 7 through 9, a very important passage for Christian men to understand, especially when it comes to fear of the unknown. So when fear of your future of, or of the unknown grips you, you need to immediately give it to God. You might be driving to work, feeling fine, and then a thought comes in, and it's a fearful thought. It's a, a thought that the enemy places in your in your mind of fear immediately then, right there. Give it to God. Say, Lord, I give this thought to you. I give it to you. I lay it down. I submit it to your authority, Lord. And then you keep your eyes on Jesus. You have to do it immediately as you are living your life on guard, casting all of your worries and fears upon the Lord. So I want to ask you a question right now. In your life right now, what has most of your attention? Is it your marriage? Is it your children? Is it your job? Is it your social status, your financial income? Is it, you know, your vacations? Is it your your toys, you know, your cars, your iPhones? Uh, is it your house? Is it your garden? Is it keeping your grass pristine in your lawn? What has most of your attention in your life right now? Think about it. What do you, what consumes your thoughts the most? What has most of your attention? Is it is it Jesus? Is it the Bible? Is it God's word? Is it God's truth? Is it knowing God, knowing God's word, knowing God's plan for your life? Is it the things of heaven? Or... Is it yourself? Are you consumed by yourself? Are you consumed with other people and their opinions of you, their thoughts about you? Are you consumed and focused primarily on social media? How many followers can I get? How many likes on my posts can I get? How many comments can I get? Are you focused, consumed, you know, on on CNN and, and the latest news? Some of us know more about the news than the Bible. Right? These are honest questions. Where is your focus? What is consuming your mind right now? And and I'm asking these questions too because I'm I'm in there with you, gentlemen. Sometimes I I know more about you know things of this life than things of of God, and I don't want that to be my my focus. I want my my focus. I want the focus primary thoughts of of my mind. Yeah, I got to work. And when I'm at the job, I can't be thinking about God all the time, right? Obviously, he's always on my mind and I pray to him. I'm always praying even while I'm on the job, but I have a job to do. I got to focus now on my job. Obviously, I get that. But ultimately in your life, what is your focus? Listen to Colossians chapter three, verse one to two. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, in other words, since you are now a Christian, set your sights on the realities of heaven. 
the realities of heaven, the realities of life after death, eternity with God in heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Notice that in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. Think about things of heaven. Now, if I'm honest with you, I think more about things of earth, of all my responsibilities here on earth than I do of heaven. But it's podcasts like this that remind us of the reality that our life in heaven with Jesus and then eventually the new earth that he will make that will rule and reign with him on, that that matters more. That's way longer. That's way more important than this temporary life in this earth. But our, our focus is mainly on this planet, this earth, our responsibilities here. And yet the Bible teaches us that we should fix our thoughts on things above, things of heaven, not on earth. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. So where is my focus? Where is your ultimate focus? Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now, listen, will soon be gone. And some of us are like, amen. But the things that we cannot see will last forever. So notice that he's like, we don't look, we don't fix and focus our thoughts on the troubles that we see now, but we fix and focus our gaze on things that cannot be seen. That is things of eternity, because these things that we see, gentlemen, they are going to be gone, but things of eternity are going to last forever. The Bible teaches, amen? So where is your focus? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice that. How do we live our lives? How can we focus on the things above? How can we, what should we be focusing on in our lives here on earth? Looking unto Jesus. That simplifies everything. When it comes to your job, your marriage, your children, your finances, let it all be rooted in looking at Jesus. Jesus, what do you want with my marriage? Jesus, what do you want with my career? Jesus, what do you want with my finances? Jesus, what do you want? Looking unto Jesus, the Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Let me ask you a question. It's very easy, okay? I know that you'll have the answer to this. Gentlemen, what is an author? That's right. Somebody who writes a story. An author is a, is somebody who writes a story. Very good. We, we're on the same page, okay? And the Bible says to look unto Jesus as we run our race here on this earth. We look unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith, of our faith story. Gentlemen, Jesus right now is writing your story. As you run your race for God, you you keep your eyes on the author. Keep your eyes on the author because Jesus is writing your story right now. Right? The psalmist said that all of my days were recorded in your book. Right? You 
Jesus knows what he's writing in your life right now, even if it doesn't make sense. Listen, every story has a beginning and every story has an end. And then it's everything in between where it's the ups and downs, the trials, the the good things, the bad things, the good times, the bad times, right? That's the story. Every movie you watch has a beginning and you get to know the characters and then there's going to be an end somehow. But in between the beginning and the end, there's a story. And Jesus is writing your story right now. And there's going to be good chapters and bad chapters. There's going to be chapters that you enjoy living and, and, and you know, experiencing. And there's going to be chapters that, that just suck and that you just would rather just let's get this chapter closed. Let's go on to the next chapter here, right? But Jesus is writing your story. He's the author. Keep your focus on Jesus. Listen to Romans chapter 8. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us, was raised to life for us, and he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or are in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sakes, we're killed every day, for we are being slaughtered like sheep. But no, despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Notice that. Nothing can separate you from the Father's love. And notice it says in verse 38, I'm going to read that again, verse 38, I am convinced. Gentlemen, you need to be convinced by this. You need to be convinced of this, that nothing can ever separate you from God's love for you. And it says, neither death nor life. Neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. There it is right there. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. So all of the fears of the unknown, all of the fears of your future, we give them to God. We stand on guard against the attacks of the enemy trying to make us afraid of our future, of our unknown, and we are convinced in Romans chapter 8, verse 38, that nothing, not even the worries about my unknown future, would ever stop God from loving me. Never, never stop God from loving you, gentlemen. You are his son. He delights in you. Now, I want to close this podcast with one more passage of Scripture And it's actually a poem. And a lot of the Psalms, in fact, all of the Psalms are either a poem or a song. And most of the Psalms, not all of them, were written by, of course, David. And I want to read one of my favorite Psalms, just 18 verses as I I close this podcast. And as I read this for you, as I read this poem, as I read this poem that was inspired of the Holy Spirit and written down 
as a psalm. It's found in Psalm 139. I want this just to settle these truths in your heart today, in your mind today. Let it settle the fear of your future, okay? As I read these truths from God's word. Psalm 139, I'm going to read 18 verses, the first 18 verses, and just listen to this truth and let it settle any fear of your future. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to even understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. And listen to this. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Notice that, gentlemen. Jesus is the author of your story. And Psalm 139 verse 16 confirms that again, that you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. There's some book. It's the book that God is writing for your life. Every day of your life is recorded in your story, in his book. And every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So today, gentlemen, you might be listening to this in the morning or in the night. God knows everything that's going to unfold in your life today. He knows the story that you're going to write, that he's writing, that you're going to play out today in your life. And he says, how precious are your thoughts about me? Oh God, they cannot even be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. So gentlemen, if you are following Jesus Christ, if your eyes are focused on the author, then you have nothing to be afraid of. You already know. We've already established that, that when Christians die, we are immediately with Jesus in heaven. And we don't have to be afraid of our future, of the unknown, of this life, as we live our life in, in this lifetime, because God is writing our story, and he knows everything that he's writing. He knows everything that he's unfolding in your life right now. And so if you're in a chapter of your life right now that just straight up sucks and it's hard, just keep letting God write your story. Just keep moving forward in faith, standing firm in faith as the Bible teaches there against the enemy, trying to lead you astray into a spirit of fear. God's not giving you a spirit of fear. You don't have to be afraid of the unknown. You just need to trust in God. Amen? And know that he's with you and he delights in you as your father. 
And so, gentlemen, I hope that you're encouraged by this podcast. If you need prayer, you can email me, standing on the frontline at gmail.com. You can connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at the frontline man. And uh, you can connect with me on YouTube as well. And uh, I would, I would, you know, I, it's the podcast, the frontline podcast, uh, also known Matt Noel on YouTube. But, anyways, I'm rambling now. But I hope that you're encouraged. I'd love to connect with you. Uh, do me a favor and just subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. Um, leave a comment, leave a rating on iTunes, uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That would be great. But until next time, gentlemen, just keep going. Keep standing firm in faith one day at a time for the glory of God and for Jesus in your life. Thanks for joining me on the front line. We're done here. Time to go. I hope that you were challenged, equipped, and encouraged to remain standing for Jesus, your marriages, your families, and the plans and purposes of God for your life. I'd love to connect with you. Follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at The Frontline Man. Follow me and you're in good company. Watch the podcast on YouTube. Watch it. And also email me questions, comments, or prayer requests at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. I just want to talk. One more thing. If you could please leave me a review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, this would really help spread the word of the podcast to other listeners around the world. I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure. Until next time, gentlemen, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God. We stand ready.